From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. And hey now. <laughs> Hi. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Great. Uh, weekend, before we get to the stuff and missed connections is coming up at the end of this episode today. How was your weekend? You went to Fitty. I did. I started off the weekend at uh, Bud Stage. I didn't realize at the time, but it was the last show of the season at Bud Stage. So they kind of shut things down right when I left. It's like closing the cottage, you know? You got to turn yeah. off the water and bring the dock <laughs> in and all that sort of shit. Yes. Uh, yeah, so it was it was great, though. Um, I haven't been to that venue in a while, man. I think the last time I went to a show was like five, six years ago there. Uh, but it was so nice. Had a nice evening, like in terms of weather. So got lucky. Holy shit, though. Like that, you know, it's a it's kind of a gong show there. On the best of times, it's be- a gong yeah, show. Yeah, and I, it, it was also kind of frustrating, to be honest with you. Like, I understand it's hard for the people who work there to try to get everybody organized. And by that, I mean it kind of seemed like a free-for-all once you got through, and they were trying their best not to have that happen. So you get up there, you show your... Security was first. Security before you even show your ticket, right? Check to make sure you don't have any weapons or any other shit or smokes. Everybody did, so how do they get away with it? Fuck, you could spit a vape pen anywhere, right? Whatever. So anyway, they check you, they pat you down, right? And then you go through, and then you get your ticket checked. Okay, fine, good. And then once I was through, I thought, I'm through, I'm done that. No. So... I if you're down in the 200s, I was down at the 200s level. So if you're 200s or I think you ha- even have to get through there to go to the floor seats, like the, the front seats, there's only one area to go through. And there were tons of people trying to get through and they bottlenecked everybody to check their tickets again. And I thought this is fucking pointless because you're going to check our ticket again before we go down the aisle. Why do you have someone here bottlenecking? People were shoving and pushing each other. It was getting squished in there. And to top it off, it was next to the bathroom. So in terms of the way it's set up there, I mean, I'd have a couple of comments for the comment box. Uh, But aside from that, the show itself was great. And Busta Rhymes was good. It was very nostalgic. And then you had Jeremiah as well, who went came back out with Fiddy their song together and 50 cent was happy he just came from arizona he said it was hot as balls there so he's happy in his mind to have it cooler now he's from new york so it's similar weather but he's like oh i'm so happy to be at a place like toronto because it's, it was fucking hot as shit uh there and it was his last stop in the on the north american run and now he's off to i don't know the uk or overseas somewhere speaking of budweiser stage because i do want to circle back on that mm-hmm it was a couple scandals ago when, when Doug came out and said he was going to uh, change around Ontario Place. And I still think that we do need to redevelop Ontario Place and sure, bring in this spa and all that sort of thing. One of the plans that I saw, though, for the new Ontario Place was an outdoor concert venue. I really hope we're building a new outdoor concert venue because, sorry to say, but it's time to get rid of Budweiser Stage, guys. It sucks. Well, it could just, it could, it could be read. Rejigged, if you will. I mean, they could figure that out for sure. Another venue doesn't hurt though, because we have so, we have need for it. You know, there's there's things that you could do with it. I think an indoor outdoor venue would be a good idea to have elsewhere because Bud Stage obviously is only good for that. It's only good for the summer months, the warmer months. But then, if you had an indoor outdoor also on the property, that might make sense as well. I just don't understand why they don't use BMO Field for concerts. It seems like a good place, and one of the things I like about BMO and Scotiabank and and all those other big venues, Rogers Center. There's multiple ways to get in and out. 
I don't like Budweiser stage and that it's everybody in and that's, everybody out the same that's way. That's where you have the issue, right? I was going to say. If there's it, a fire, they're, they're fucked. I think it feels like absolutely. it anyway. You'd be crawling up the lawn at the top. Like you'd probably be jumping up the, you'd rather go that way up the seats toward the exit, <laughs> like just jumping fences because they really only had a minimal amount of places that you could go into your seat. The way that it's set up for those who don't know is you can't get in on one side basically. So you're only in on one side of the venue. Whereas like you said, right? You got the Rogers Center. That's all the way around. Fine. Um, then you have Scotiabank Arena. There's so many different entry and exit points. So it's a little easier to maneuver that. But yeah, it's true. It gets a little bottlenecky and it gets a little too close for my comfort, man. And what's with, like, everyone was smoking something. I was like, Jesus Christ. I turned around and like cinnamon on one end, strawberry on the other. Then just straight up weed stink or cigarettes or something like there's just, it's always shit in the air, which you expect. You expect when you go to those outdoor venues, especially, but I felt bad for the people who work there. Cause you know, they were told to tell people not to smoke. They're not going to listen to you. And then I saw this poor girl had to be like five foot, nothing going up to like this big, large man. who's was like, it looked like he was eight feet tall. I exaggerate. I was like, excuse me, sir. You can't smoke. Like don't even fucking bother. You know what I mean? Don't have this person come up and tell this guy not to smoke. It's almost like a threat, you know, at that point to her and her safety. Like don't even bother. It's fucked. If you don't want a smoking venue, then probably just don't have it outdoors because it's going to happen. I think people think they can because they're outdoors. Yes. Some yes. people know and they do it anyway. I think there's actually some yeah. people that just honestly to God assume it's that you possible. can because it's, it's outside. totally possible. Like either way, I think that you have to throw your hands up in the air if you work there and just go, yeah, whatever. We tried. We tried. <laughs> what are we going to do? I stayed at the uh, Grand uh, Casino in Toronto again, though. And by the way, I saw Justin Trudeau's motorcade oh, did on you? the way home. It's a big motorcade, isn't Humongous. it? Humongous. Humongous. Mm-hmm. It was very confusing, which was good for him, I think, because there was like 55. Why does why do we need like 55 fucking vehicles? Is because my we're in a climate emergency, you insensitive bitch. It if was, you would just listen. <laughs> Honestly, though, that was my first thought was like, look, we know he's in one of these cars. And maybe the point is to distract people and make you not know which car Justin Trudeau is in. And I understand that there's a safety thing, but eight cars would have been probably fine. Like, which one is he in? Like, do they really think, you know what we'll do is make his life less threatened by having 45 cars. Is that what it is? Because there was that, there was motorcycles, then there was police cars. So all in all, there had to be, including the cars, I mean, 120 vehicles in total. And you saw like the cops racing ahead to block off ramps so nobody could get on in front of them. And yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to the prime minister's motorcade, it has grown exponentially in the last four or five years. And and basically what they did was they got the Secret Service to fill us in on how they do protocols to protect the president. The difference is we don't have a president. Our system is very, very different. If something happens to Justin Trudeau, he's the leader of the party. He's not the elected prime minister of the country. So it's just next one up takes over as prime minister. In this case, it would be Christian Freeland. So I... Uh, I, I think probably it was a little excessive, but you're right. There's a lot of cars. And you know they're not allowed to turn them off. They have to remain idling at all times when they're guarding the prime minister. Isn't that the opposite of all the things that most politicians stand for, too? And, and do you know that because on Friday, uh, uh, Zelensky there, the president of Ukraine, was in Ottawa, and there was a whole, whole bunch of VIP receptions. Then he addressed parliament, then more receptions. Then he flew to Toronto with Trudeau. That's the way they made it seem, like they were... Zelensky was just going to hitch a ride with the PM. Mm-hmm. No, Trudeau had a plane. Zelensky had a plane. Then there was another plane for all of the staff. 
three different planes flew from Ottawa to Toronto for that mm-hmm. on Friday. Mm-hmm. And then a double motorcade because Zelensky was in it. Um, okay, so I do want to talk a little bit about that. Maybe we'll just get it out of the way now because, I mean, I know it's horrible. And please don't take this the wrong way. But I think it's kind of funny. If you've ever fucked up at work, and I mean really Royally? shit the bed. Yeah. That's what happened to the Speaker of the House this weekend. A Jewish advocacy group says an apology is owed to every Holocaust survivor after members of parliament gave a standing ovation to a man who actually fought for the Nazis during the Second World War Uh during a visit by Ukraine's president on Friday. The speaker introduced 98-year-old Yaroslav Hunka as a war hero who fought for the first Ukrainian division. You know, on paper. Awkward. Maybe I could see this. So probably in his little mind, Speaker Rota is his name, probably thought, oh, World War II vet, my riding, and he fought for the first Ukrainian division. This is great. We're going to invite him because the president of Ukraine is here. It'll be awesome. Unfortunately, he didn't do even an ounce of research by the looks of it because that division was a voluntary unit by the Nazis, not by the Ukrainians. Fuck. How did you guys screw this up so badly? (laughs) How long did it take for someone to figure that out? And it was almost instant because the speaker actually said from the first Ukrainian division, instantly a couple eyebrows went up and then people started doing a little fact checking on that and realized, yeah, that's what I thought. First Ukrainian division was not, they were the bad guys, not the good guys. And we gave this asshole a standing ovation. If we had more evidence, he would have been probably on death row for, for war crimes. And he got a standing ovation in the Parliament of Canada. The speaker says it was him who invited him. Now, any other time in a situation like this, the prime minister's person who's in charge of protocol. Yeah. It's amazing that that's somebody's job just to make sure that all protocol is followed. And that's right from making sure we don't invite Nazis to the House of Commons, right down to making sure the silverware is set up properly when we have a state dinner. But somebody's in charge of all this shit. All the things, right. And they're supposed to go over the guest list. So did they go over it and miss it? Did they go over it and say, fuck it, we want him here? Or did the speaker's office never even tell the protocol office who they were inviting as their guest? What's your best guess? I don't know, but either way, this should never have happened. And at this point, I totally understand why uh, Holocaust survivors are upset. I absolutely do. It's Yom Kippur, for God's sake. I totally get why people are angry. But if you take a step back and just think about it, that is an epic shit-the-bed moment at work. That's like, oh yeah, I accidentally wired half the company's money to Taiwan or something like that. Yeah. Like, you're in a lot of shit. That's a big whoopsie. As of right now, the speaker has not stepped down. This guy has no choice at all but to step down. There is not a chance he can stand up in front of that house ever again with any credibility and say, yeah. here's such and such to bring greetings from their country to the elected representatives of Canada. He can never do that again. He's fucked. He's got to step down. Uh, While we're talking about things in the headlines, and then we'll circle back and talk about my weekends, I want to give some credit to uh, uh, one of the places in Waterloo that I was at this weekend. Mm -hmm. No serious injuries after the lumberjack ride at Canada's Wonderland malfunctioned and got stuck upside down with riders hanging for about 30 minutes on Saturday night. It's one of the reasons why you don't do those rides, right? What if something happened? But then then you talk yourself out of it like, that's silly. That's not going to happen. They and wouldn't let it happens. go if it could. <laughs> Think about that, though. 
hanging upside down for that long. If you hung upside down for a minute, you'd start to really feel the blood rush to your head. So I can't imagine that long. I feel like I'd pass out. I like, feel how like, do these people not all pass out? There was a, does it say how many guests were on it? Uh, yeah, was it was it packed? Oh, it was a full ride. Yeah. It, was it Halloween Haunt? I think that's what they kicked off this weekend because it happened at 10.40 p.m. on Saturday night. Oh, yeah, that was during Halloween Haunt then probably, yes. And I'm guessing the park would have been close to shutting down because the maintenance staff got it going again at 11.05. But for everybody who maybe you haven't seen the Lumberjack, it's two little things, uh, big things. It looks like little boats, and they go all the way up, yeah. and then they come back it's down. It's almost like an axe or something. I always thought they were axes that flipped around. Maybe they're not. Yeah. I don't know what they are. It swings around it's, like a pendulum. Yeah. And it stops at the top, and woo, this is fun, and then it just goes rush yeah. all the way back down. This time, it didn't come all the way back down, and for me, it's not even the blood rushing to my head for me and, and being able to look down on everything. From up there, you can see all of York region. You can see up to Newmarket and down to Lake Ontario on a clear day. So they were real high up. Yeah. To me, though, it's the harness. And maybe it's just because I'm thinking back to the CNE when that kid got thrown oh, off yeah. that one ride because the harness wasn't locked in. If it goes all the way upside down, the only thing keeping you in your seat is that harness. Mm-hmm. All your weight is on that harness for as long as it takes to get you down. And I would have been shitting my pants that that, <laughs> that harness was going to come undone. It would have rolled right on your head if you did. Right down um, my back. <laughs> um, somebody, I can't speak to it because I'm not, I don't know the ins and outs of these rides. But someone who says that they know a thing or two. said so what happens with these is it's like a safety lock that happens when everything is even. So that ride must have been so even that it stayed put middle of the air, right upside down. And at that point, it basically will lock and it won't go either way. So they had to physically climb it safely, the people who who saved them, essentially, and push it one direction to swing it back down again. Had to manually, by that I mean physically push the arm to go back down again. And release the lock. And release the lock. Good Lord, that yeah. would have been terrifying. Hey, I know that this was an accident and and just a freak. I mean, this ride yeah. runs 20, 30, 40, 50 times a day, perfectly safely. Yeah. There's no issue. They'll do they'll do a quick thing. Of course they will. They're, they're going to make sure and they'll do some tests and, and everything. Maybe they'll even shut it down for the rest of the season just to be safe and make people's set people's minds at ease. But it'll be back up and running next year. Do you think the people who are on that ride should be given something? Like a compensation oh, of yes. some sort? Like yeah. a season's pass for next year yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, do we hear if they did? Because I would be surprised. I I would be surprised if they didn't. I know that you, listen, you ride all those rides at your own risk, right? I mean, there's a reason why when you're click, you probably bought tickets and didn't even realize you did it. But you click boxes and you say okay to things. And that is basically you saying that you know that shit could happen, right? Anytime you ride rides like that. Um, except they don't really do that at carnivals, which is shocking because those are the rides that scare me the most. Mm-hmm. Like, the ones that are temporary and you see trucks up? hauling yeah. them. <laughs> the ones that can fold up easily. <laughs> like a, no, it's insane. Like uh, It's like a Swiss army knife, putting it away. Well, if you've never actually looked, if you're at Canada's Wonderland or Six Flags or Disney or any of the places where they've got these big epic rides, they are anchored into the ground. Like mm-hmm. concrete blocks with Big, massive screws as thick as your arm holding them into the ground. Mm -hmm. 
Those little carny ones that you see transported around for all the fall fairs and shit like that. They don't have that. No, it's don't. just sort of sitting on top, and that worries me a little it bit. It worries me, too. It worries me, too. I would I would avoid those. I've always avoided those. I don't mind. Like the strawberries and stuff. Ah, fuck. What can go wrong? I'll twirl off a strawberry and crash <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> That'd be, be a good story ah, to tell. I think I'll be okay. But the upside down ones, they've always kind of freaked me out. Uh, a couple more things that I want to get to news-wise, and then we're going to talk about the Super Bowl halftime show because I honestly don't know what they're thinking or if they had any other options. But we'll come back to that. Canadian renters say finding an affordable home is proving to be difficult as rent continues to rise and the market becomes more competitive. Rentals.ca says they do not expect this situation to ease anytime soon. The average asking rent right now for newly listed units is up 9.6% year over year to reach a record high of $2,117 last month for a one-bedroom. $2,100 a month. So if you're in a two-bedroom, i got to assume you're closer to three. It's unbelievable, Scott. It's unbelievable. How does a family live and afford that? Mm -hmm. Especially a single-parent family. Yeah. If you have a single income coming in and you're getting jammed with rent like that, that is scary. Mm-hmm. Although, one thing I will say is, and we've been saying it all along, we have a lot of room, especially in Ontario. I was talking to a realtor at the wedding I was at on Saturday who works in the Ottawa Valley, like Pembroke and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. There, if you want to move pretty far away, not necessarily close to Ottawa and very far from the GTA where we are, it is... About two hundred and fifty to three hundred and fifty thousand, you're going to get at least an acre of land with a beautiful home anywhere from two thousand to three thousand square feet, and in a lot of cases, it's going to be lakefront. Excuse me, three hundred thousand dollars for lakefront property and an acre of land? Yes, please. But it's in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's the thing, right? And then people have to have jobs. And when you have jobs, that means you got to commute, likely. And is it worth the commute? For some people, the answer is no, depending on what their job is and what industry they're in. And is it, are you able to do it? If you can work from home, I think there's a lot of people in a good position, right? If you're constantly working from home, you're in a pretty good position. Sure. Because you can go anywhere. But that's not the case for a lot of people, right? You have to go where the job is. But you can't even get a condo in Hamilton or Kitchener. Yeah. For what you can get a full detached house on the water with a whole acre of land for. It used to be easy peasy. Like you used to be able to get like a, even a condo, right? Like a two bedroom condo. Oh yeah, it's fine. Like that, that's a, that's a cheap op. That was like a cheap option, right? Like, oh yeah, 300,000. Not bad. Are you kidding me? Now it's like for a one bedroom, isn't it close to like 700 now? Yeah. 600, 700 pending the, of course, depending on the building and the exact location, right? And the amenities. And the amenities and all the other stuff. Well, the thing is, if you do find it cheaper, there's probably a reason you got it cheaper, probably because their, their condo fees are like seven, eight, nine hundred a month. I mean, factor that into your monthly payment too. And yeah, I don't know how the hell people are yeah. doing it, Kat. It's I don't crazy. know either. I'm curious about real estate. I always am as we go month by month and uh, we have friends in real estate. Did that, did that realtor that you spoke with? Because um, I know it would be a question for our buddy, uh, Tony Johal. We, we speak to him occasionally on the podcast as well. But I, I'm seeing a lot of houses going up for sale, but not a lot of houses being sold. And Does, I, is that just my perspective or is that what's happening here? I think, again, it depends on the market. But I'd say anything outside of Toronto proper 
is probably in that boat. Yeah. I'm seeing for sale signs staying up longer too. Yeah, a long time. And what I'm wondering is, are people trying to sell their houses because they know that they just can't afford to keep doing what they're doing right now? Or are they selling them because they found somewhere else cheaper? Are these actually properties that have been foreclosed upon? Because we don't hear a lot about that on the news, but I have to think there's foreclosures happening. Yeah. Like there has to be people getting evicted from their homes that they own. And it's, I mean, you pointed out and it's true. You don't hear about it on the news, but aren't those things like that's kind of human interest right now. If that is an issue, like we should be talking about that if that's the case. So we need the numbers to know. Well, it's hard to get info because the banks are so super protective of this, right? Like yeah. the banks do not like to tell you how many people are defaulting on their mortgage because that might indicate they're in a vulnerable position and the banks always want to portray themselves as in a good financial situation because if people are worried that banks are going to fail, they're going to take out their cash and then they will fail. So I don't think the banks are going to be honest with us, but somebody should be able to tell us this. We know how many bankruptcies and consumer proposals and insolvencies there are every year or every month. Why can't we find out about foreclosures? Nobody's telling us. And it's, it just seems shady. It's like they're trying to cover up what we all know is going on. It's frustrating. Uh, oh, a little note here for our listeners in Guelph. I want to mention this because it's important. If you lost a pet, in the month of September, I don't mean like it died. I mean, you just lost your mm-hmm. pet. Normally, you would contact the Humane Society to see if anybody brought the pet back. They had a software issue of some sort. <gasps> and all the reports that have been sent in this month got completely <gasps> lost. Oh, no. So the Guelph Humane Society, again, if you lost an animal, uh, contact them and refile your report because... Anything that comes in, they're going to check it against the microchips, but now they don't necessarily know how to get a hold of you or that the pet is missing and yada, yada, yada. So if you're in Guelph, make sure you reach out to them. Yeah, make sure you do that. And by the way, if you, if that does ever happen to you, make sure that you're utilizing everything you can to find your fur baby, uh, whoever that might be. And by that, I mean, there's a ton of Facebook pages that do quite well f- helping people find their lost pets. Uh, ground uh, Search and Rescue in Kitchener-Waterloo, I know, is one of them, but there's Pet, uh, pet find, what is it called? Anyway, guys, just search for Pet, essentially, Lost and Found, uh, and you're going to be able to find a ton of pages. So it'll, you'll reach as many people as possible through there because there's people who would just constantly check the page or it'll pop up on their feed. That way they can keep an eye out for your cat or your dog, whoever you're missing. My little sister got married on the weekend. So how was the wedding? The wedding itself, beautiful. Did a real great job. The uh, The officiant was fantastic. It was actually a nice ceremony, and I usually don't say that. In fact, yeah. I skip the church whenever possible and just go to the reception. I'm that guy. But uh, in this case, I'm happy I went. Beautiful ceremony. Did they do a church? So they did a church and then a separate spot That's right. for the um, reception. Okay. That's right. Cool, cool. So I was at Gray Silo in Waterloo. It's a golf course there, for those mm-hmm. who don't know. And- <laughs> I totally forgot it was homecoming weekend for Laurier and I, I needed a bank machine because I needed cash. And I made the mistake of driving down university at university in Regina in Waterloo was a goddamn circus on Saturday. And I got stuck in it. I couldn't figure out at first why everybody was wearing purple and gold. And then I was like, Oh shit, it's homecoming. Did you, did you need cash for the gift? Yes. You didn't think to get that before? you? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> No. For some reason, Sorry to be that person, but I just realized you did that on the same day as the wedding. Yeah, you went and you shoved it in the envelope. Well, I bought the card on the, on the way too. <laughs> I mean, I've done it before at weddings, but that's funny. Oh, I figured I've got time uh, between the church and the reception. I'll just stop and well go to a bank some, machine. Kill some time at the ATM. <laughs>
Well, one thing I'm going to point out is the staff there was absolutely amazing, and they're all huge fans of the Scott and Cat radio oh, that's show. Cool. They listen to us on 91.5 The Beat, so it was fun that I got to. Uh, uh, sort of sneak out beside the bar area, and I got to take some pictures with some of the staff, and it was a lot of fun. And they all say hi, Cat, so okay. I'm passing on regards. Thank you. And I highly recommend it if you're looking for a nice, classy wedding venue in the Waterloo area, Gray Silo. Did you chat with them a little bit about golfing a next season? Like, hey, well, what if I come by? You know, you know. You know, if you invite me by, I'll probably uh, post it on my social, maybe mention you on the radio. <laughs> it's a nice course from what I hear there. Is it Golf North that still owns uh, Gray Silo? It is Golf yeah, North. Yeah. Okay, very good. Golf North, great friends of ours. Yeah. Anyway, my sister got married and that was wonderful. Congratulations to her. And she was happy with the day. She seemed happy, I assume. Everything went well. She was happy. To plan. She messaged me afterwards. I thought for sure she was either in bed or doing like wedding night shit. She texted me at like one o'clock in the morning and said the bar bill wasn't nearly as bad as we thought. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard when that weighs on your mind because you watch people going up to the bar constantly like, oh, fuck. I mean, even at my wedding. I know. My wedding was like, oh, it's all included. Great. And I see them walking away like eight martinis. I'm like, included. I just paid for that. Like, what do you mean included? No, it's not like it's unlimited. (laughs) It's not like I don't pay for it. I just paid for those eight martinis that you're barely going to drink or you're going to just have a sip of and walk away from. That's so funny. Uh, I want to do another public service announcement because as we sit here, we are 36 days away from Halloween. Aha. Uh-huh. People are starting to decorate and that's fine. Yeah. You are well within your right to decorate for Halloween. I love it. I love the Halloween decorations. They're fun. No holiday violations there. Nope. However, uh, wildlife experts are again reminding. They say they do this every year. I've never seen this reminder before. Mm-hmm. So we'll do this as an educational process for all of us. And yes, Missed Connections is still coming up. And we are still going to talk about the Super Bowl halftime show and Taylor Swift stealing the NFL. <laughs> uh, the wildlife experts say it is a hazard to birds, insects, many other animals. Particularly, it is a threat to uh, forest wildlife that needs to be rehabilitated. Stop. Ah, I've got the list. Hummingbirds, owls, butterflies, bees, and small creatures. Stop using fake spider webs. The decorative spider webs that people put out on their door and their property for Halloween apparently is non-biodegradable, full of chemicals and shit, and it can blow away and then animals ingest it or animals get stuck in it. Sometimes they fly into it or get caught up in it for whatever other reason, curiosity or otherwise. And and basically what the wildlife people are saying here is it is the Games and Parks Commission is saying it's not necessary. You don't need the spider webs out there, the fake ones, because they do more harm than good. And frankly, it made me realize, why the hell are we doing that? If you saw a spider web on your door, any other time of year, you'd be racing to get a broom to get rid of it, not trying to tell people, oh, look at it. If you saw a half-dead man at your front porch holding a bowl of candy, you'd probably also freak out. <laughs> but I'm with you. I mean, we've been doing this a long time. I think that's the first time I've ever heard of that, and it didn't really dawn on me until now. I'm not one to put those kinds of things up. In fact, like, my Halloween decorations are, like, I don't know, subpar, man. I've got lights up. I've got, like, one of those. I've got gemstone lights, in case you're curious, but they're the lights year-round, right? So I'll do... I'll do put different Halloween type lights. Maybe one will be like a purple and black theme and an orange and black theme, stuff like that. But in terms of the actual like spider web and the spiders crawling on the house and stuff, I'd rather shine a light on the house. I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's less clean up that way. That's me personally. But all these years of doing this, that's the first time I've ever heard of that. Um, so, hey, that's a good point. 
my question is, why do we continue to have companies make this goddamn garbage? You know, you go down the aisle to, uh, and you look at all of these things that are, it's one thing if you can reuse it, Scott, because you can reuse a lot of different things, right? There's people who put out the same Halloween decorations or they try to reuse it and it's the inflatables and stuff like that. That's great. No issues there at all. We all have those. You're, and then we put them away and we bring them out again next Halloween. But there are some things that are you just throw away. And I find, I don't know, now I find myself to be more aware of it. And I didn't realize until you just said it. So if I would have used the spiderweb stuff, which I don't, I would definitely stop hearing that. But why do we let companies continue to make it though? We're if it's in, that bad, right? why are you manufacturing I mean, it? we've already cut a, cut the shopping bags, plastic bags, even though at the grocery store it's filled with fucking useless plastics. Don't get a start on that, though. It's a conversation for another day. But So they want to do away with all that, but they'll let them live on the shelves and let people buy them. So if you really took a look at that, and if that's all true, and we assume it is, then why do we even let it be a thing, you know? Can't we find, or can't we find a better way and a more economically safe way? Well, there's going to be some people who love Halloween. They're going to freak out that they can't have their fake spider webs. Can we make it out of something else, though? What can we do here? Cotton candy or some shit? There has to be another way. <laughs> there has no, to be I'm another kidding, way. But you know what I mean? There has to be other ways. Okay, uh, I was trying to watch football yesterday, and they kept flashing to Taylor dude, Swift, dude, and I was like, well, can my- we just fuck off? <laughs> My, Great. Hus- She's my there. husband had the same complaint. <laughs> like, He's I- on his feed because he follows all this sports shit. Even the non-football companies that he follows were, were screenshotting Taylor Swift at the game. He's like, can I fucking look at something about sports? Like, I don't give a shit. Right. Taylor <laughs> Swift crashing into the NFL is horrible news for actual football fans. But I, I enjoyed it because I don't really care about football. But I was like, ooh, Taylor showed up. Ooh. <laughs> Let me see. What was she wearing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So she she made good on her promise. Travis Kelsey, listen, I'll fill you in if you're not a sports person, in my non-sports person way of doing things, and then Scott can get more sportsy if he wants to. There's a football player, really cute. His name is Travis Kelsey. And when Taylor Swift was at the arena that he plays football at, he attempted to try to reach out to her to get a friendship bracelet, which he hands out. And it's a known thing that you wear friendship bracelets for Taylor Swift. You swap friendship bracelets. He put his phone number on it and he thought it'd be really cute. He's going to try to hit on Taylor Swift, get that bracelet to her. Hey, let's go out on a date. Trying to hit on her, ask her out. Missed his opportunity, kind of embarrassing, but he went on a news talk program, essentially, to let people know what happened. Like, ah, it's embarrassing. But obviously that story got out and more people were like, hey, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey would be kind of cute together. Obviously, Taylor was paying attention and it turns out her people did contact his people and she showed up to the game. She took him up on his offer, which was very, he was very open about it just last week. He said, hey, I told her, hey, Arrowhead, come on, see me play. Remember, we we played a little bit of it on the podcast, if I'm not mistaken. So this is basically her making good on her word and or on his offer, I should say, and showed up, hung out with his mom in the private family box or whatever the hell that was, family and friends area, and seemed to have a good time. And he played well, which is good. He got a touchdown. He did, yeah. So that's that's good in football. He had a lot of receptions <laughs> and a touchdown. It was good. Hey, I told you, this is my non-sports way. <laughs> he did good. He made it himself look good. He did. Yeah. You know what I don't understand about Travis Kelsey is why him? There are a ton of larger-than-life personalities in the NFL. No question about it. Kelsey's one of those guys, though, that last year he won the Super Bowl, and then he got invited to host Saturday Night Live. And when you think of all the players in the NFL and how none of them ever get asked to do acting gigs, why is this guy different? And then he's also the one who ends up with Taylor Swift. It's almost like they've wanted to push this guy from the beginning, and this is the latest step. And you know what? I mean, he's got the personality, though, for it. Some don't. A lot don't. 
Many, many sports people don't have the personality to stand up there, especially when it comes to something like an like an SNL. Are you kidding me? That's someone who's a little more definitely definitely going to be in some form of a spotlight other than NFL when he's done his NFL career, in my opinion. He's setting himself up he for could, it. He and he's attractive too, Scott. I think you're missing that point. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I did miss that point. He you're is, right. He is an attractive guy. Uh, and he's good at what he does. And he seems t- to have this personality that people really like. He's just got a really... Uh, I don't know a good a good vibe to him. So all those things put together, maybe that's why he, he was all. He's also a 1989 baby, so they have that in common too. It's adorable. Oh, look at that! Yeah. Um, Usher has been announced as the halftime show for the Super Bowl in what I think was probably the most low key meh announcement the NFL yeah. has done in a decade. You're not wrong. Um, like nobody gave a shit. We. <laughs> it was like. Usher. Oh, cool. End of story. I know. It's not one of those things I think that you showed up today on a Monday and went, holy shit, like we were when Eminem and when Dr. Dre was announced, you know what I mean? Or even Rihanna last year. Rihanna last year. Last year. Like, people, people were like, buzzing oh, for weeks. Right. I'm excited to see her perform because I haven't seen her perform in a while. I'm sure it was not one of those receptions, I think. Uh, and also, not to mention it got buried by what we just talked about, we led with, which was Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift. Travis Kelsey. If anyone was talking about anything with football, it was that first. Uh, nonetheless, I like Usher. I like Usher. He's got a lot of hits. Uh, more of his hits were from back in the early 2000s, for sure. Uh, but I think he'll do a good job. He's a fabulous performer. What I hear about his show at the Aria has been really good, but he's got to step it up times 10. Now we just ask the question of like, who's he going to bring with him? He's got collaborations galore. I mean, he could bring out anyone from Lil John to, I mean, he does have stuff with Jay-Z. I don't see Jay-Z coming out. P. Diddy. Alicia Luda. Keys. Alicia, Alicia Keys, Keys could come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ludacris. I mean, you name it, whatever. He's got a lot of connections, but does he or does he go solo? Because he could also go solo with the amount of hits he has. Does he go with Bieber? I don't think Bieber would. I, I don't think he should. If I was Bieber. If you're Bieber, you don't think he should no, go out that's there what with I mean. Usher. If I'm Bieber, I'm not doing that. I'm waiting for my own performance when I'm ready. Because mm-hmm. I have a ton of shit, fucking shit ton of hits. And you're going to you're gonna be the headliner? No, everyone's going to be talking about me the next day. And he wouldn't want to do that to Usher. Fair, fair. Yeah, Usher, it, it just, what happened to Miley Cyrus? Everybody was talking about it. It's yeah, almost a done deal. That was also, sh- meh. And then there was, oh, I know, I wasn't I all that excited about that either. I don't think that was good. Then we heard the NSYNC Backstreet Boys that, reunion. That would have been massive. I don't think that, the, I don't think that, okay, Backstreet Boys would have been in. Let's be fucking honest. They will suck the teat of whatever they can get, yep. okay? And I mean that in the nicest way, Backstreet Boys fans. I'm a Backstreet Boys fan too. I would love to see them sing Larger Than Life at the Super Bowl. Fucking right. That would make my life. However, if they did a BSBX NSYNC, you need NSYNC on board. And I don't know if they're really at that stage. Hmm. They're not, most of them, are really in that great a shape to do the old dance roonies I think. Right. <laughs> I think you have to be prepped for it. And they're not touring. They're not going on a tour. They're not. They've got one song right now. That's it. Mm-hmm. So that would have been nice to see them do some throwbacks and things like that. But I think you have to have a greater purpose. And I'm not sure if this, I guess, obviously, this wasn't it for them. Hmm. But were they asked first? I'd love to know. I'd love to know the behind the scenes because I have a feeling a few people said no before they stopped on Usher. I even thought Diddy was going to be a lock, and and even he's not there. So, hey, listen, Usher's your halftime show, uh, halftime entertainment. I really don't give a shit because I usually don't watch that part of it anyway. That, I, I do. Yeah, I'll watch that. Cat you does, watch the football, yeah. and then we'll, on that podcast, we'll get you covered between the game and the halftime show. <laughs> we got to go, everybody. This is just the start, though. We've got brand new episodes all this week. One thing I want to put out there uh, that we're going to be talking about on our show tomorrow 
And, and even if you're not up early enough, you can still contribute to the conversation we're going to have. Here's the scenario. Dad is allowing his 16-year-old daughter to now date. She's bringing home a guy to meet him mm-hmm. at the end of the week. Uh-oh. Dad's kind of freaking out a little bit. What does a dad ask the guy who's taking his 16-year-old daughter out on the first time? What questions does the dad have for the kid? What would you ask if you were the dad and this little fucker here shows up to take your daughter out? What do you want to know from this kid? What questions do you want to ask him? You can think back to what questions you were asked, guys, Mm -hmm. because you've been in that situation. You've probably picked somebody up and had to deal with somebody's dad or mom. What questions did the parents have? I mean, even from the from my perspective, I'm trying to think of what my dad asked <laughs> my boyfriends at that age too, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to because I was, oh, fuck, I avoided those situations like crazy until I just couldn't avoid it anymore. Yeah. But yeah, my daughter brought home a guy. It was a, a school dance or a prom or something okay. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's sitting there in my living room and I'm looking at him, judging, judging. Of up course and down. you are. I'm looking at Oh, up. you'd be lying if you didn't judge. I, no, everyone should be judging. Can I just say that much too? And we'll talk more in depth about it when we just discuss it. But you should be a little judgy, not too harsh. That guy, that fucking kid's just as nervous as you are. More Probably nervous. more. More nervous. Probably more, yeah. 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 Okay, so listen, if you have any uh, advice for the parents, what you ask when such and such comes by to pick up your daughter for the first time, we would love to hear it. Uh, in the meantime, though, now we're going to leave you with a replay of this morning's missed connections from our Scott and Cat show on Energy 95.3 and 91.5 The Beat. It involves drugs and drinking. Enjoy. Missed Connections. Missed Connections on the Scott and Cat Show. Hi there, everybody. Oh, hang on. Piano. Oh, sounds great. Yeah, really good, right? I'm practicing this weekend. And they cleaned it, too, which is super nice. Uh, Guys, Missed Connections is a service that we provide to all of you where we try and connect people who have had an encounter in the past, but one can't find the other. So they've decided to tell the story online, hoping the other person would see it. You came into the pizza place... The same time I was there waiting, you set off a chill vibe. You were a lady in your pajamas, smelling of good kush. I didn't expect you, but I commented on your fragrance. You told me you would have given me some, but you smoked it all. You were with a friend that was driving a military green-colored Jeep. I thought you should know you forgot your dipping sauce and Fanta sodas. I took them in your honor. I waited around to see if you'd come back, but ah well, I ate them all instead. Maybe we'll cross paths again soon. Well, she was in her pajamas and just high. High as a kite. Right, right, right. Gumball so I- done that damn sure. Sounds productive. That's uh, <laughs> that's a tough one, right? Because you probably wanted all those snacks and munchies, but you forgot them all there. Oh, you forgot the Vienna sodas. <laughs> Should we go back? <laughs> nah, man. It's all right. We've gone too far. They didn't even leave the parking lot yet? Yeah, no, it's too you've far. gone too far. <laughs> just eat the pizza. Uh, that's great. Why in her pajamas, though? It's a lot of work to put on clothes, Scott. Oh, it's it's work. No, you're right. You're right. She's supposed to wear jeans? That's outrageous. (laughs) Well, usually when you go out, you do. But (laughs) what do I know, right? (laughs) I've seen all kinds of don't. And I think, really? That's what you chose to not change today? That's fine. (laughs) It's okay. Hey, to each their own. She was having a chill day.
And that's all right, too. We should each have a chill day now and again. This one. <laughs> oh, boy. This is a hot mess. To the little brunette that was out on Thursday night. I guess it was technically Friday morning. I'm not sure you'll remember any of what happened, but I wanted to assure you we had the best intentions. We saw you waiting alone in the parking lot near Sammy's Cave, the club on 4th and Main. You were trying to tell us what happened, but your words were very slurred. From what we knew, your friends were still in the bar, but you got kicked out and you were mad they didn't come after you. That's rude, by the way. When your friend gets kicked out, you gotta go too. You said you just wanted to lay down for a sec and started to lay on the grass. We offered you the back of my buddy's truck until your friends came out. I guess our wires were crossed or you yourself forgot you agreed to it because we got to the truck and as we tried to help you up, you full on freaked out and kicked my butt in the jaw with your stiletto. <laughs> you can see how this would happen. You then sucker punched a sack and booked it down Main Street. I followed you to the point where you ran into oncoming traffic and almost got smoked by a Prius. <laughs> That's strangely specific. I was still calling for you to try to join us because I was worried about you, but it was too late. A nice officer stopped you. Looked like you got arrested there for public intoxication. Just wanted to let you know what happened leading up to the arrest in case you forgot. We did try to help you. My buddy's jaw is pretty banged up now, but maybe we'll still see you around. I like this one. <laughs> you have to be like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll just lay down in the back of the truck. Wait, get, don't, what are you doing? Don't force me in your truck. Well, you just agreed to get in the truck. Okay, fine, lay on the grass. So the friends knew that their friend got kicked out and they were fully expecting to come out and just find her in the grass, not being loaded into the back of somebody's truck. These, that would be alarming. These are not good friends, Scott. No. These, are, these wouldn't pass the good friend test. No. Your buddy gets kicked out and mm -hmm. you got kicked out. You got to go and take care of their hot mess butt. Would have been better off with the pajama girls that were high in the Jeep. Would have been better off with them, nobody, not those friends. Nobody wanted to fight them. They nope. were just too mellow. <laughs> I wonder what a punch in the jaw or a kick in the jaw would be like with stilettos. Not nice. No. I can tell you that. A hole in your face. Another hole in your face. <laughs> Thanks. I wanted two mouths. <laughs> like he said. I mean, his face is pretty banged up. I believe that. I do. I wonder what her day was like the next day trying to piece together oh. the events of the night before. Oh. You ever been in that fog when you're like... I might have punched somebody last night, but I don't remember. How did I end up in this jail cell? <laughs> what the heck happened here? Missed Connections every Monday right here on the Scott and Cad Show.